You thought we were finished talking about Bruce Lee? Well, we've got one thing left to talk about. Hello and welcome to the That's Why They Were Quality podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the Bruce Lee death conspiracies. And I thought, who better to interview than the host of the Those Conspiracy Guys podcast? Yes, it's Gordo from the Those Conspiracy Guys podcast. It's a great podcast. Definitely go out there and check it out. It's one of the best podcasts out there today. Uh, the Those Conspiracy Guys podcast, they cover a, a whole range of topics and they will inform you and entertain you. They will expand your mind and decrease the space left on your phone. They're long podcasts, but they make every minute count. I love a long podcast. Uh, their podcast one of the uh, one of the main inspirations for this show, actually. So, yeah. A lovely guy, and he gave me a great interview, so check out his show, but not before you've checked this out. Also, by the way, this song is by uh, Bruce Lee's brother, Robert, so uh, check that out as well. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. So, hello to Gordo from the Those Conspiracy Guys podcast. Uh, For our audience, uh, can you just tell us firstly, what is the Those Conspiracy Guys podcast? Those conspiracy guys is probably the, I, I don't know, preeminent conspiracy uh, podcast on the internet. I mean, it's definitely the only uh, top level Irish one anyway. How far down do I need to bend over to suck my own cock on this one? I, I Like, I mean, <laughs> are we talking about like, <laughs> am I bigging myself up? Is this... Um, you big yourself up, mate. Any all the smoke, all the smoking in, in whatever <laughs> orifice you want is hey, completely up to you. I want someone to blow smoke on my ass and buy a pack of cigarettes and a hose. <laughs> uh, it's all good, man. Those conspiracy guys, it's a bit of crack. It's fucking, it's, uh, it's conspiracy theory. Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Oh, you can say whatever right. you want, yeah. Fuck shit, cunt. It's a conspiracy <laughs> podcast looking at, uh, like, the more traditional conspiracy theories, but through a historical lens. Like, most history is conspiracy in the fact that conspiracy theories have been skewed in the last couple of years into like right wing when really it's like hey that didn't happen the way you said it happened why did it happen a different way and what are the outcomes results causes uh, effects of those things so like we look at uh, assassinations like jfk and bobby kennedy and martin luther king we look at celebrity deaths like Bruce Lee, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, fucking, uh, uh, doing on Michael Jackson, like what's the crack? But it's not just like looking at the conspiratorial elements. It's looking at that their time in history, uh, their uh, effect on culture, uh, the, the rumors, the provable facts, but the historical context of the things that happened uh, all through throughout history. Then we do stuff like ancient aliens and... Uh, you know, mad bastards writing books from dead languages like the Anunnaki and stuff like that, right up to um, more modern alien experiences like, um, uh, what's that guy's name with the fingers? Uh, Phil Schneider. You know, we've done an episode on him and the deep underground military bases. We've done uh, Area 51 and Roswell and all these kind of extraterrestrial type stuff, the more modern iterations. And then we go into like, um, conspiracies of p- politics and finance. So there's episodes on the Federal Reserve, J.P. Morgan, and how all that shit works, and um, about cre- like the creation of the dollar and money. Um, I tried to hit all the big notes as far as conspiracy theories go. There's loads and loads and loads more to come, but everything is intertwined. Like that m- meme, you know, Charlie from Always Sunny looking for Pepe <laughs> Silva. Like yeah. everything links together. It's the same fucking, you know, two two hundred people doing all this shit from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, we look at occult stuff. We look at, like, you know, magic. We look at, um, uh, like, we have episodes on Helen, Helena Blavatsky and Theosophy and Alistair Crowley. Uh, and then there's a whole other type of show where we look, look into all, like, your your favourite murders and rapists from, from the last hundred years uh, with, with a true crime section uh, of shorter shows. But... Uh, kind of examining the psychologies and the histories and stuff behind them rather than just going and he choked her he stabbed <laughs> her nine times and as the knife slipped into her porcelain torso uh, it's more of kind of like what happened to that guy to make him want to eat her nipples like a packet of skips you know very um, exploratory a lot of conversation they're long episodes as you can tell by the description but it's good crack 
Uh, it's a, a, a comedy, history, conspiracy, true crime podcast in that order of uh, importance. And I'm Gordo. I present it and I have my very talented uh, friends and acquaintances come on to discuss it with me. Uh, we, de- we dive deep. We do lots of research and um, you know, try to answer those unanswerable questions. Sprinkled with dick jokes. Is yeah, that a good is enough it, explanation? That's probably quite quite succinct. Yeah, it's it's yeah, great explanation, great podcast. It's um it's informative, it's entertaining, it's everything that Lord Reef could have dreamed to achieve. <laughs> but, but it's it's yeah, it's it's incredible and I definitely recommend it. Oh, thank um you. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh so the episode that got me on to you was actually your episode on Bruce Lee, and that's why we're talking to you today, because Bruce Lee, one of the biggest conspiracy theories you could say out there you know icon around the world yeah. uh, so the first first question i have because conspiracy theories that you know possibly he's not even dead so do you believe bruce lee is actually brown bread he's, he's not living uh, in cuba somewhere with like... if there was anybody if there was anybody <laughs> that would have like decided to wrap it up and fuck off bruce lee is probably like one of the top contenders we're talking we, i did an episode on tupac and biggie right yeah. Tupac was one of these guys that, um, without dodging your question like a politician, <laughs> he's like, tell me about Bruce Lee. I will, but Tupac. <laughs> you can tell how the episodes get up to seven hours, right? But Tupac, <laughs> Tupac, I don't know, was he a fake gangster? Was he playing the role of, you know, a, a, a bad motherfucker from the streets? I, I, I think in, in a lot of parts, yes. I think huh. he was quite influenced by... Uh, the the culture of the time, and maybe thought he had to live up to it. Not dissimilar to a lot of kids coming up in the neighborhoods at that time, where they're like, "Well, shit, if I want to get out of here, I got to fucking sell crack or be a fucking basketball player or something." Like, come on. And Tupac went to a performing arts school, like Fame, you know, where yeah. it's all like, "Hi, I'm Tupac Shakur. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to sing and dance and all the stuff." That that was one of the beach sides of a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a fire it's a fire cry from fucking tug life, right? Um. And then, um, and then obviously like the Death Row Records and all this kind of Shug Knight and all that stuff. He got deeper and deeper into that culture of glorifying violence, glorifying pimps and hoes and bitches and guns and drugs and this kind of stuff. And I think with Tupac, with, with your question in mind, that the the reason people think that Tupac may have like skipped town and fucked off to Cuba. Is because like he created a fake persona around himself. He created like a sales uh, persona to sell tug life and gangster rap to a market that was like wide open for it. But then he ended up getting shot a bunch of times and having people start fights with him because they couldn't separate the the un- the real from the unreal. They couldn't separate like what's happening with Bo Burnham right now. I don't know if you watched that Bo Burnham comedy special on Netflix called Inside. Is he the guy with the puppet, the Al Qaeda puppet? <laughs> no, no. Is that no, Bo no. Durham? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, some. Yeah, that's another guy beginning with the D- D- Dunham, Jeff Dunham. That's it. Jeff Dunham, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With the, the Al Qaeda skeleton puppet. That yeah. Died, yeah. No. This no, is I'm he, All was right. like, he was like a Vine and YouTube sensation when he was a teenager, like 15 or 16. Yeah. And he got a massive comedy career. He was doing tours all over, singing. He sings songs and does all this stuff. And he hasn't mm. performed or done anything in five years. And he spent a whole lockdown making this like comedy special. And um, it, it's fucking setting the internet on fire. Like Everybody on TikTok is like, oh my God, this Bo Burnham special has affected me deeply emotionally. Because he, 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 he wrote all these songs about being massively depressed from being locked down and um, you know how over the course of a year, which is the time scale he recorded it in, uh, his mental health deteriorated, and he sings these songs, and they're kind of touching people, fingering people's souls, and going like, "Oh, I felt, oh fucking hell, what's going on?" When they watched this, this comedy special, right, and it it propelled them to go and make the TikToks and go, "This is how it makes me feel," and this is great. they're taking it apart like fucking uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in uh, Dangerous Minds with the Dylan Dylan contest. It's like. Let's, let's explore the lyrics and look at all the imagery and all the stuff. Like, Bo Burnham is a gifted artist. And every line, every beat, every note, every piece of the set, everything that's in frame on the camera is supposed to be there. But it's a fucking act. Like, every bit of it is a deliberate artistic expression. 
and people are misinterpreting it as like, oh, Bo Burnham is like suicidal and he might kill himself. It's like, no, motherfucker, he's reflecting you back to yourself, mm. which is what Tupac was doing, reflecting society back on itself and making cash money on it. And other people saw, oh, this guy's really talented. Let's fucking elevate that. But it got too much. Like Bo Burnham is getting, you know, people send the message like, are you OK? And he's like, I'm fine. Tupac yeah. is getting lads coming up and going, oh, you think you're fucking hard? Here, eat these bullets or take a fucking punch in the head. So he's going around with like wardrobes of men protecting him. So to answer your question, <laughs> Bruce Lee, I think, if there was anybody that was going to want to disappear, he was one of the most famous men in Asia. Yeah. Couldn't fucking walk the streets. People were all, all up at his hole, right? Yeah. If you've about ever seen Jackie famous. Chan. You yeah. Are? I was about to say, about to be one of the most famous men in the world as well. Cause oh, right. Be a yeah, he was... He was he was cracking into Western society too, and a lot of people knew him. Mm. Uh, he was making massive waves in the U.S. with all of his like um, his uh, martial arts demonstrations that were causing massive waves in the, uh, the the martial arts arena. And then with the kind of the cinematic invasion of the Asian persuasion. Wait, there you go. The cinematic invasion of the Asian persuasion started <laughs> hitting Hollywood. Yeah, uh, everybody was like, "Where the fuck is Bruce Lee?" Like Jackie Chan rode in on the on the crest of that wave, and he became one of the most famous people in in China and can't go anywhere without fifteen motherfuckers around him. Mm. Right, so like we could see what may have happened to Bruce Lee, kind of happening to somebody like that. Um, if Bruce Lee wanted to bounce, he'd have every reason to, and he'd have every resource to. Like, he would have had all the money, he would have had all the contacts to just go, let's fake my death, we'll get some other motherfucker's body, and we'll, you know, put it, you know, and I'm going to wherever the fuck, to Australia or some shit, and I just disappear, shave my head and disappear, and grow a beard and disappear into the crowd. There is a conspiracy that he, he did fake his death to get away from, like, triad um, um, retribution, I guess, for teaching the Quello about Kung Fu. Uh, they were like, you can't, you can't tell our secrets out. Like you are capitalizing on American society, and uh, we're going to teach you a lesson. Because if we don't teach you a lesson, how many other people are going to do that? How many other people are going to leave China and try to go to America and try and take on the capitalist, you know, uh, uh, dream for the dollar? And, and and you have to think about it. Like in in the time that he died in 1973. Uh, communist China was like just after coming out of like the um, the cultural revolution so like they had mm. the whole youth of Ch like you have to think about Chinese politics and culture at the time the whole youth like everybody all the gener all the millennials and all the generation Z for want of a better equivalent of the time in China had just participated in like a cultural revolution where they would banish the old they would banish like everything that wasn't modernized socialist uh, ideology and they had ushered in this new semi-westernized but still very much like uh, Chinese cultured uh, like media landscape so they had like cinemas and had all the stuff that they have in America but it was all very much like Chinese facing and Bruce Lee was like the, the, going to be the golden child like the main um, the main kind of face of that movement in 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 uh, in direct opposition to the likes of the Clint Eastwoods and the the Bert, um, what's what's fucking the John Waynes and the Clint Eastwoods and the, the, that kind of stuff of the time in the US, you know, mm. and he just went, no, I'm going, I'm I'm very much American facing, so like they were like, well, you can't be, so we're gonna fucking kill you. So if he's been like, I'm just giving out the reasons why he might have just like skipped town, like the, this is one of the reasons why he he may have just packed up and fucked off because they were out, they were out to get him, not maybe assassinate him, but definitely like, um, disavow him or, you know, like morally browbeat and make him look bad to his fans by catching him with a young one or cheating on his wife or being impure, uh, contradictory to what he preached as a, as a, a lifestyle. So yeah, I think if anyone was going to disappear, Bruce Lee be the motherfucker to go. Yeah. Do I think yeah. it happened? No. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting you say that because, like Bruce Lee, like um, of these four films that he made um, in in Hong Kong as an adult, uh, I'd say three of them were very much like anti-establishment films about rising up against the the power 
which I suppose the Chinese government don't really want people to see. And Jackie Chan, still alive today, but he makes Chinese propaganda. So there's, there could be, like, you know, he's working with the Chinese government. So yeah. could be some credence in that. Um, also, Bruce Lee, talking about, like, uh, similarities to Tupac, uh, Bruce Lee would get, like, constant harassment of people wanting to challenge him. And, and what someone actually, like, did break into his uh, his estate, his house, in a in Hong Kong, and you know Bruce Lee kicked him, sent him flying through the air. But yeah. like you can imagine that, yeah, that that's the kind of thing you don't want. Oh, of course, like you're setting up a. And I guess you know there's a character outside of um, Bruce Lee's like like fighting life that doesn't want you don't want to be fuck you don't want to be fighting all the time. Like you have to be hyper vigilant. Like the anxiety that he must be going through every time he's going around the place. Uh, there were stories of him like riding around in an open top car and people trying to like whap him in the face to see if he defended. So he can't even drive a car in the streets, stop at a traffic light and some cunt to try and hit you in the face. Like, uh, it's no life to be living, do you know? There would be reasons for, for anonymity and I guess this is why a lot of these Hollywood folks marry Hollywood folks and kind of all band together and go to Hollywood uh, type of uh, uh, restaurants and nightclubs and it's all a caste society of famous people versus people of the public uh, because the public can't fucking behave themselves around celebrities, it seems, even still, you know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, people think it's bad having, like, people swarming around asking for autographs. Imagine people swarming around trying to kick you in the face. I mean, it's, yeah, just, uh, yeah. it's not what you you're, need. You're, you're at Comic-Con and you have, like, yeah. 100 lads lined up to get a box in the head. You're like... Ah, oh, jeez, my hand is pretty sore. Can we have a break? <laughs> no, punch me now. I gave you fifty dollars. It's like that you know? scene in an airplane where he's got to like take down all the uh, the people trying to approach him, trying to get him to sign up for stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the the Harry Christians are coming up, going like, buy a flower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember, I remember going. We were at Comic Con uh, in Dublin here, and yeah. uh, we were, I was speaking at like, and. Uh, we got what's your man's name? Halfbjorn Jorgensen or whatever. The Mountain from uh, Game of Thrones, right? Was there? And it was lads like, "Hey, will you put me in a headlock for the <laughs> picture? Will you will you lift me up by the throat like you did to um, Oberon or whatever?" And he's all like, eh, "No, but I'll sign the picture and it's just spent fifty euro on because that's I'm not fucking." <laughs> the other reason why would I think you're the neck if I can't? Like, he's like, they can must- you? Take it? You put me the lawyers following him around for miles. Oh, dude! <laughs> can, can you imagine being him? It's not like he can hide. Like he's yeah. as big as a, as a fucking wardrobe. Like he can't hide. And people are coming up, going, "Hey man, I bet you couldn't crush my skull like a fresh grapefruit." And he's like, "I could, and if you don't fuck off, I might." <laughs> you know, like. But yeah, Bruce, Bruce was probably one of the most famous people. Uh, wherever he was, he was the most famous dude at this point. Um. And it's a, it, I think it's kind of like an, um, uh, what would you say, a, an unrepeatable task. Without, I, 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 okay. Do you know the way they say people are like uh, an overnight success? Yeah. Right? But an overnight success really is you just came to prominence now and people started paying attention to you now, but you have 10 or 12 or 15 years of work behind you to become that overnight success, right? Yeah. So let's take the likes of Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish is huge now, right? Mm. She put out pictures of her ditties and broke the internet there the other day, right? Obviously, they were still covered up, but they were for the first time not in a, an Adam Sandler-style fucking sports jumper, right? Yeah. And uh, everyone was like, God damn, Billie Eilish has ditties? And they were like, yeah, she had ditties the whole time, man, but she was under 18, so slow your yeah. fucking roll, right? yeah. Her and her brother, like her, like it's kind of sold that like Billie Eilish was like this kind of dreamer girl who has Tourette's and was you know like neurodivergent and kind of quirky and she just made these songs from her heart and she's just like singing like you know and I was like oh my god speaking to my soul she's amazing you know I could be like that if I'm in my bedroom and I have a little keyboard and a microphone and I can make a song and then I could get discovered and then you know you're selling that idea to the youth yeah. which has been the way since forever man like Kurt Cobain have a guitar play the fucking we've an episode of Kurt Cobain have a mm. guitar play the songs sing from my heart and someone will find me and go you're, you have a beautiful soul let's show the world 
mm-hmm. then you play, you go out and you buy a guitar and you play it and you try, you try and like make a band and you try and pr- you practice real hard and you find out like, oh, this motherfucker has been playing for like 15 years before he got discovered and, and thrust onto the scene. Like Billie Eilish, her brother is like a, a massive, uh, industry standard fucking producer for loads of lads like Pharrell and shit like that. Like he's a, he's like well in with the music industry. Her parents mm. are massively rich. Do you know, it's not like she was just some bitch in a room, like singing a song, like Florence and the Machine just went, boop, boop, kick, kick, boop, boop, kick, kick, I have a big voice. Like it's not naturally found talent. This shit is fucking spent years cultivating. You have to have an image, you have to stick to it. Like there's a whole system that you have to navigate in order to get that famous. Mm. And it seems like an overnight success because you come out famous and then you, your star burns bright and then you go away. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was like a one-hit wonder. But that one-hit wonder took 10 years to make. And they weren't able to maintain that uh, uh, that kind of momentum to keep keep famous, to keep in the light, to reinvent yourself and blah, 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 and all that stuff and all that budget, right? Yeah. But at that time, that, that's the modern story from, like, the mid-90s up. It's very hard to do that. There's such a massive industry. Uh, there's so much money behind it. There's so many gatekeepers. There's so much infrastructure that you have to navigate. But in the 60s, you literally could be like a garage band, as they say. You could be a garage band playing your songs and you send a demo tape into a record company and they go, ooh, I like that. Show me a picture of yourselves. Right, you're not ugly. Let's go. Give you some suits or fucking, you know, uh, oh, what, what do you call yourself? The Ramones. All right, cool. Here's the fucking, you know, get in the studio there and let's capture this magic. Yeah. Uh, and you become famous and then you go for three or four years and then you're gone. But, like, the two albums that you made are, like, eponymous fucking classic timeless albums. Like, mm. Jim Jim Morrison and the Doors were only famous for, like, four years. Jimi Hendrix was only famous for three. Uh, this stuff happened in a much shorter time scale where the the light burned way brighter, but they made fewer things. So Bruce Lee is only making, like, what, four or five movies at this point? But it's, he's fucking huge because of the cultural impact he had. Yeah. Because of the people that he was associating with, he went, I, I suppose in your earlier episodes, you went through the whole kind of TV, like the Green Hornet and all that stuff, like how he got into Hollywood and how he ingratiated himself with all these producers and people. Like he just went straight to the fucking top and went, I'm good enough. I'm going, Where, who's the boss here? This guy, come here. Do you know who I am? I'm Bruce Lee. Let's make a fucking deal. And it got, it was like overnight success, but his skill and all the other stuff, like learning how to do uh, the martial arts, like developing, um, uh, developing his own particular style to look good on camera, like all of that stuff. As soon as the call came, he was ready. That's the uh. difference. But it burned so bright so quickly. I don't think he was ready for the fame part, which a lot of people are not. Like Jim Morrison put on a fucking, you know, five stone and and grew a massive beard and started drinking heavily, moved to Paris to get away from it, like. <sighs> I think Bruce Lee was suffering from the fame that he, I don't think he realized would come after his uh, initial rise, you know? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, he was he was incredibly paranoid towards uh, the end of his life. He he actually mm. was carrying around a gun with him. He had, uh, on his belt, he had a belt that was like, sort of, like, it pulled out, to, like uh, he had like a switchblade in his belt that you could pull out. So he James was, Bond shit. James Bond shit. Yeah, he might have invented it, you know. But yeah. yeah. Um. But so, so, what do you think the most likely cause of Bruce Lee's death was? Was I know in your on your podcast you believe it was dehydration. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you think that is that still the theory? Uh, the most likely reason you think that Bruce Lee died? Well, it's not the sexiest reason. It's not the. It's not the. You know, it's not the cool conspiracy reason. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's, it was a medical, like, a medical condition that, that, that done him in, uh, rather than, you know, an assassination attempt or, uh, um, you know, a, a disappearing act. I think a lot of factors came together for Bruce Lee, physically, psychologically, and culturally, to drive him to a place where he needed to maintain this, um, level of output he needed to maintain this level of celebrity and the choices that he made at the time were probably you know um useful or they had their use they had their function but in the long term were 
irresponsible. So, for example, um, apparently he had his sweat glands removed. Mm. I don't know if you heard about that. He had his sweat glands removed. Yeah, don't try that at home, kids. Don't. Yeah. That's not a uh, sweat's there for a reason. Yeah. yeah, you're not a fucking dog. Like he's, uh, you know, yeah. when the when the director yells cut, he's like <laughs> trying to sweat from his tongue. Like it doesn't. Like your pores need to open for a reason. Uh, yeah. You ever hear those guys at football games in America and they paint themselves the colors of the team, and right. then. And then they have a few beers, and then they go to sleep, and then they never wake up. And people are like, "Oh my god, why did that happen?" Oh, the coroner said he suffocated because you <laughs> painted over on your fucking pores, you dope. And people don't realize like that that shit can happen. Like you paint over all the pores on your body, and you can't like, you become deoxygenated. So no matter how much you're breathing in and out, the stuff is not whatever way it, it works. Don't I'm not a doctor, but like you shouldn't be covering up that stuff. He got his sweat glands removed for a a very superficial like visual aesthetic on film because he didn't want to be sweating through white shirts mm. um, on film because he said it looked unsightly. Weird. Do you know? Yeah. He, he was punishing his body to a point of perfection that borderline abuse, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, during, during the end of the death, he lost like, I don't remember the exact number, but he lost like loads of his body fat. And yeah. he didn't have to 1% fat. body fat. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's unhealthy. Mm. It's not good. Like, uh, you see all of the, you know, I don't know if, how many times you watched Magic Mike or Magic Mike XXL. Uh, more than I'd like to uh, to admit. But, okay, so three or four times. <laughs> you got to go back. You got to. <laughs> I've never, I've never watched all of Magic Mike. <laughs> Just that one particular bit over and over. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> don't cut that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like, like you know, I remember Channing Tatum. People, people were like, "Oh my god, you're fucking amazing, Channing." I'm after rubbing the bean off myself. I'm mm. down. I my my, <laughs> my first two fingers are are shaved down to the knuckles. Watching Magic <laughs> Mike, how do you do it? And Channing yeah. Tatum was like, uh, "I only do it for about." Three hours, one day a month <laughs> during filming. So when yeah. I have to put, slide across the floor and pull off my T-shirt and show my six-pack abs and all, like I'm like that only for about four hours uh, either side of like two months' worth of exercise. So we have to get it right that day. And they're like, what? And they're like, yeah. And the whole time, and I'm like dancing and I'm doing all that stuff, and you see all my muscles and I'm like flexing and I'm looking real happy, I have chronic diarrhea, uh, a massive headache, uh, heart palpitations, I'm sweating profusely and I want to get sick all the time because I'm massively dehydrated because I have to cut my body weight to be mm. able to get rid of all of the water around the muscles to be able to have it be like so cut and looking so, uh, you know, beefy. And he's like, it, it doesn't it doesn't last. Like Chris Hemsworth says the same about Thor. He's like, oh, yeah, the days when uh, I'm supposed to take my top off, uh, they're the worst days of filming. I feel like shit. Like, it's... it's Because they're fucking dehydrated to fuck to stay cut, you know? Not that I would know anything about exercise, but these, this is what these guys are saying. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Lee was punishing himself, man. He was living like that all the fucking time. Do you know, just the, the, he was taking he was taking certain tablets, he was take, taking certain medications. Apparently, this is one of the ones, one of the reasons why he may have died. Uh, apparently, he was on, uh, you know those fucking slender tone belts? Yeah, yeah. So he had these fucking slender tone belts on all the time under his jumper. And for those that don't know, it's those belts you stick on yourself with like a pregnant belly ultrasound gel. And you just put them on yourself and you wrap them around. And they put an electric current in that make your muscles contract like every two or three seconds. Like, he had that shit on all the time. So that's electromagnetic energy going into your muscles, clenching them all the time. So he's using up calories. He's mm. burning water. He's very, very low body fat. So if anything, if he got sick with that low body fat, he'd have nothing that would be able to d defend him. Uh, if he got diarrhea or whatever, like uh, the amount of water in his body, like it wouldn't take long for him to end up, you know, dead from from dehydration, which is mm. how a lot of people die. You know, you're talking about like uh, the, you know, the 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 great the fucking what's it called, comic relief and all, and so. <laughs> Children in Africa die every time I clap my fingers or whatever like that. It's like, stop clapping your fingers, Bono. <laughs> so, like, most of those kids are dying because they drink shitty water. Yeah. And then they're just fucking diarrhea forever. 
They can't keep acting in their body and they just dehydrate and they die. That's what Bruce Lee was doing to himself, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and then he's taking some like painkillers because he had twinges in his back because he got his back broke or whatever. And he was o- overworking himself, underfeeding himself, uh, overexercising his muscles at the front to look good. And then his back muscles were going into spasm all the fucking time. So he's like, I have to go lie down because I have a spasm so bad that it's causing a headache. Right? So, do you know when you're dehydrated and you get a, a dehydration headache? Mm. And it's, it comes at the at the, at the the middle back between your ears and at the sides over your ears. That's a dehydration headache. You know why? Because your brain is shrinking mm. because there's not enough water. So your brain is shrinking in order to let the water from the brain go into other parts of the body. And the brain is actually pulling away from the sides of your skull inside. That's why it's a headache. That's why it's so sore in those places. Because your brain's shrinking so much, it's pulling away from your skull. That's what dehydration headache is. And, and analgesics or paracetamol or, or uh, ibuprofen won't fix that. You know, you just have to hydrate properly, right? So hmm. he's fucking punishing his body physically with all of these different elements. And uh, is it any wonder then when he takes something that, he takes a, he takes a tablet that is a tranquilizer, that he gets some kind of weird heart arrhythmia. Like that slender tone belt that's on him, he has it on his chest. So there's electrical signals going into the muscles in his chest the whole time. Your heart runs on electrical signals. Do you know? That's why they do that. Clear. Boom. You know, that, that uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, defibrillation pads or whatever. That's like an electrical signal going to start jumps out your heart. And he's just wearing them shits the whole time, clenching his chest muscles. So his heart was in arrhythmia, and then you end up taking a fucking tranquilizer to, and a headache, to analgesic headache tablet to cure a headache, and your heart stops. Like, that's a fucking, you know, that's a simple answer to a complicated question. It's like, yeah, yeah. He, he was physically fit, but maybe too fit, and, you know, fucked himself up. And and you see that with, with, with you know... Uh, young ones and, and fellas, but young ones getting fucking loads of plastic surgery and they wear the decisions of those bad decisions on their faces or arses or tits and you're like, oh man, you just ruined your baps. Or like, what the fuck is wrong with your face now? You look mm. like you kissed a hot frying pan. What the fuck? Um, and they're like, yeah, well, I think it looks better. They're like, okay, well, everybody else thinks you have body dysmorphia. Uh, and Bruce Lee, I think because of the amount of focus was on him and his physical attributes, how he was moving on screen was like everything to him. So he was obviously very aware and paranoid and and, um, paying attention to his physical appearance. So like to not sweat Mm. and then to have perfect like muscular structure because he knew it would be on screen. Like that's a lot of pressure. If you're not prepared for it, that should fuck you up by. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame as well, because his next film after that, he'd be wearing a yellow suit, so it'll be covered up. So if he could have just just oh, laid man. back a little bit, he might have seen it through, you know, he might have eased up. Well, once you get into that mentality, once you get into that uh, um, that practice, that, that, that habit, mm. very hard to break. Like yeah. I said, the Channing Tatum's and the Chris Hemsworth, like the muscle boys, they they have done damage to themselves in some ways. But they only do it for a very, very short period of time. Like, look at fucking uh, um, the machinist. You know what's his name? Uh, Christian Bale. Uh-huh. Like, he went from like Batman to the machinist to fucking another Batman, and then he went all the way up to Dick Cheney, and then back down. So he's looking going like up and down. Like, think of the amount of damage he's doing to himself. Tom Tom or Tom Hanks ended up with fucking diabetes after doing Castaway because he uh-huh. went from like normal weight. Down to he lost like seventy pounds to get down to, uh, you know, Beardy Island, Tom, and he fucked up his pancreas and fucked up his liver, permanently damaged himself. So like, these these physical manipulations of the body for entertainment, while entertaining, can be you know quite damaging. And I think people are only starting to realize that now in like twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, you know. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So anyone out there, you know, thinking about. Going on a ridiculous weight cut, mm. then, uh, you know, it could have some side effects. I mean, I suppose in some ways that's another way that Bruce Lee has influenced MMA because people are still doing that to themselves before pretty much every fight these days. Um, yeah, it's part of the rules and it's part of the cutting for weight. And obviously, if you're able to, your walking weight is a lot higher than, like, uh, you, you're fighting weight, you're walking weight, and then you're weighing weight. 
are vastly different. Uh, if you're able to come in twenty pounds under for your weigh in, and then lash on to twenty pounds with a load of fucking dioralite and all, uh, and five days later be twenty pounds heavier when you're fighting, that's class for the fight. Probably yeah. not great for your your physical well being, you know. But these lads, these wrestlers, boxers, American football players, like they've been putting their bodies through really like I don't want to say inhumane. But like inhumane treatment, you know, like unnatural treatment for people's entertainment. And they're only starting to see the fucking ramifications or the long term effects of that stuff years later when they get into their 40s and their 50s. And they're like, oh, uh, every time uh, every time I stand up out of a chair, I sound like an old gate because my fucking hips are powder uh, for fighting for 20 years. You know, I tell you what happened to me. I never over-exercise, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I say to people. There's a reason I'm not cutting weight. I want to stay healthy, mate. I'm, yeah. I'm cultivating mash. Uh, Cultivate mash in the front as well, like Mac. I would fucking... Hey, that's, what, sunny. that's what Bruce needed, a bit of fight milk, and he would have been all right. He would have been all right. Been all right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the power of a crow. Um, so do you think there's any uh, credence... In the, uh, I mean, you sort of touched on this already, but do you think there's any credence in the mafia rumours that the, yeah, the triads done him in, or there was, yeah? I really don't, but I understand where it comes from. Like there's mm. a logical conclusion simply to be made uh, from the fact that uh, the fact that Betty Ting Pei, uh, who was a Taiwanese actress, who was kind of wrapped up in that world um, when when Bruce was in Hong Kong doing the ADR for Enter the Dragon. Uh, he he was hanging out with her and Linda Lee versus wife was hanging out with somebody else going around, you know, possibly maybe they were in a, a, a kind of a, what would you call it? A, a, there's a French term that the French say, I don't know what, what the uh. fuck is that term where it's like a, a not a crew d'etat because that's something you eat, but there's like a French term where the, the, the marriage breaks but secretly, and then you're able to have your affairs, and then you come back together to to put on a front of being. Um, it's not menage a trois, that's a treason, but it's similar to yeah. that. Where like Linda was off living her life and getting the rod somewhere else, and Bruce was off to it, but they had to maintain because of the business that, that they had made together and the you know the gyms that they'd made together and stuff like that. They were keeping the Lee name pure. They were keeping the business and the brand like they were the brand. The brand was them, so you have to keep the the main product pure. So, like, he's over in, in Ting Pei's apartment, mm. probably giving her the pipe, yeah. you know? I mean, she's a good-looking woman. They were seen going around together in his open-top mark, driving around Hong Kong, uh, you know, pull up at the traffic lights, and it's like, holy shit, is that Betty and Bruce? Fuck her, what's going on? Do you want to fight? Like, that was happening the whole time, so she was very recognisable. But um, possibly they said that Betty was an agent of the, the, the mafia, or she was blackmailed somewhat, with uh, pictures of her nudity uh, to say, like, we'll wreck your career if you don't give Slip, Slip Bruce, Leah, Mickey. And, um, yeah, he he, he uh, went over to her gaff with a headache and maybe got the headache after giving her the pipe. But he was wearing these uh, fucking massive woolly jumpers with, like, big turtlenecks with no sweat glands in the summer in Hong Kong. Mm. Like, that's pretty brave in itself, right? Yeah. And then he went over and he's like, oh, Betty, I got a headache. And she gave him a, a headache tablet called Equagesic, which has a tranquilizer, uh, meprobamate, and it has um, aspirin and another analgesic element to help the, the, the swelling. But because he, he possibly was dehydrated, uh, that wasn't going to do any good. We don't know how many of those he took. There's only one, but it could be more. And then he went for a lie down. And then, and then he was he was late then for his dinner date with um, George Lazenby and Robert Chow and all the stuff that Betty had organised. It was kind of like a, a shoulder rubbing job. And he didn't show up. People were like, "What the fuck?" And they went to the apartment and they found a brown bed in the bed. We we're like, mm. "Oh, what the fuck happened? What was the last thing he took?" Uh, yeah, could the tranquilizer have done that? Now you're talking about lads like Mac Miller and fucking little, not little Lucy Vert. What are those ones? What are those? Little, little something, little, little, little. Um, what the fuck was that last name? He died. He overdosed on Xanax. Uh, little, little, What's little peep, little peep. All right, little yeah. peep and Mac Miller and all these lads. They're all on the fucking Xannies, like. And uh, so, if you have a sup of alcohol and you take a Xanax, 
the chances of your heart just going like <laughs> like and you're skipping beats, it's slowing down, you're in sleep so your heart rate is going down anyway, and then the alcohol reacts with the Xanax and your heart just goes, Ah fuck it, I'll just I'll beat later. It's grand and then you're dead. You know? Yeah. It's a known fucking effect. So you shouldn't be taking these and then going to So he's taking a tranquilizer, he has heart arrhythmia from the fucking slender tone. He possibly had a drink or two with Betty in the apartment because we're getting ready to go out for dinner for a night out. And then he takes a tranquilizer and goes to bed. And his heart gives up. Uh Like, who knows what kind of uh, power his heart had to produce in order to make sure that the blood got around through all his muscles. Like, he, his, his resting heart rate was so low anyway. It was in the, in the low 60s because he was so physically fit. So, like, for it to reduce down when you're going to sleep and then reduce down further with a tranquilizer, you're talking about 30, 40 beats a minute. Like, that's not enough to keep somebody alive. And if it misses one or two of them, sure, you're fucking, that's it, you know. And um, when they did the autopsy, they said that his brain had swollen by 13%, which is massive, a massive yeah. amount. So obviously some kind of reaction had happened or there was some kind of inflammation. Uh, so like either it was a very well-placed poison by Betty that had given him this tranquilizer or all the other things that I've already said. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's like, it's like uh, you know, uh, he's teaching Chuck Norris and he's teaching, uh, uh, not James Dean, what's that last name? Not Robert Redford. Uh, Steve famous. McQueen. Steve McQueen. Steve, yeah. teaching Steve McQueen, like very famous, like that's all over the fucking American media. And then like the 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 kung fu fucking. You remember in the movie, like he got he went in front of the kung fu elders, and they're like, Bruce, you cannot be teaching the Kwilo these secrets of our culture. And he's like, Yeah, but I make a fucking dollar bill, son. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And and he's like, yeah. ah, it's fucking intellectual DMCA, my fucking kung fu. I'm after changing it enough so that it's not copyrighted. Fuck you, like this is Bruce Lee kung fu, right? Mm. And uh, yeah, so the narrative there that the the triads on behalf of Chinese culture and ancient law would take revenge on Bruce Lee for giving the Kui Lo the kung, which is the only kind of top, like top level conspiracy theories like Bruce Lee died oh yeah the triads killed him for teaching Steve McQueen Kung Fu no possibly there was a lot of money wrapped up in the movie business it could have been you know the way the mafia had the teamsters yeah uh, the unions all set up in the US yeah and if you fucked with the teamsters uh, they were the boys that were hunking all this stuff all around the place like the lifting and the trucking and the moving and the driving so maybe for the Hong Kong movie industry the triads I mean, wouldn't you, if you were a triad, try and get into that kind of business? You're getting into legitimate business so that you can launder money through. Think about how much money goes through, like, a movie production. So the triads mm-hmm. are like, we've got to fucking launder all this money. We're going to take over these movies. Bruce Lee is like, no, I make these movies. They're my movies. I'm not fucking doing business with you because you're not laundering money through me. And then they're like, do it or we'll fucking tablet you. We get Betty, the Slippy and Mickey, and he's like, go ahead, try so he wouldn't play ball with the Hong Kong movie mafia. And everybody gets jobs. Jobs for the boys. Like, everybody gets something. Everybody gets paid way over the odds. They pay back then to their, you know, the, the way the money would be moving around. And there's talk of, like, possibly, you know, that kind of impropriety. And Bruce didn't want any part of it. So they were like, right, well, you're fucking dead then. Because we have to maintain. And everybody else was in on it. You know, uh, Robert Chow was in on it. Betty Betty Ping, or Betty Ting Pei, like, they were all part of that world. Mm. But nobody admits to it. Nobody's ever come out and said, yeah, that's how that worked. But they have done in the US because motherfuckers were caught, motherfuckers ratted them out. We've all seen Goodfellas, you know, Henry Hill is like, this is how it works, you know. They told the, they told the, the systems of operation. But that hasn't really ha- like they haven't cracked the triads in such a way that they're able to find out what was going on. And at that point, it was fucking carte blanche for for criminals like that in the in the late sixties and early seventies. So um, there was also a, a a biographer called uh, Matthew Polly who wrote a book in twenty nineteen mm. that says, oh yeah, like you know the definitive work as it were, right? Yeah, and um, has looked back over all the old theories, chewing some new evidences, and. If there's anybody that's going to throw it out there, what would be the real deal? 
uh, he kind of claims that, yeah, look, it's heat stroke yeah. mixed with, you know, a, um, a tranquilizer mixed with like an overly fit, massively overworked, fatigued, drugged Bruce Lee that just yeah. it was a fucking, you know, a perfect storm of ill health in someone that looked so physically outwardly fit uh, that it was just, yeah, he, he, he his heart stopped and that's it. Like, look at those football players, man. Lads who are 21 and they're at the fucking peak physical fitness. They're worth eight million pounds and then they're running up the pitch to catch a fucking pass. Uh, uh, you know, running up the sideline and then the next mm-hmm. thing they're like, Bruh! and then they fall over and they're fucking dead with no chance of revival. And then what, what they call it, like, uh, SIDS or something, sudden, so, or no, uh, SADS, sudden adult death syndrome. Mm-hmm. Sudden adult, I think most adults when they die, it's probably quite sudden. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? These yeah. guys were top physical fitness. No sign of of ill health. There's no fucking uh, symptoms. You know, they're not sweating. There's no pain in the arm. There's no, you know, like bloodshot eyes. There's no fucking hemorrhoids or like hand cramping. Or there's no, you know, rashes. There's not, it's just like football. Run, 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 run. Heart explodes. Like how mm. do you fucking explain that? Bruce Lee in a very similar fitness situation where he couldn't maintain, and um, yeah. Or the triads did it. You know, fuck it. <laughs> Linda, Lee, Linda Lee needed to keep the fucking money train rolling and Bruce wasn't playing ball. Maybe their marriage was in trouble. That's what people said. Well, no, oosh. Linda was off getting the cock somewhere else and Bruce was like, I'm going to cut her out of the business. Maybe she made a deal with the triads to get rid of Bruce and then continue on as the, 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 like, you know, the, the, the loyal wife still maintain that because if she was caught cheating, like she wouldn't have any claim to the legacy of Bruce Lee because they're like, ah, oh, fuck you, bitch. You were off, you know, doing something else. You didn't really love him. But in this way, Bruce dies. She maintains the, the loving wife uh, persona and, and moniker and she's able to sell that shit for 40 years and she doesn't have to lift a hand to work. That's the other yeah. option. Yeah. Well, also the fact that Bruce Lee, he took out uh, some sizable life insurance policies quite close to his death. I think oh, really? might have lacked, yeah, yeah, he's, um, don't know the exact figures, but I think over a million, which adjust for inflation, you know, more today. He took out some big life insurance policies very, very soon to when he died. Um, so, I mean, if people well, have the conspiracy theory about Linda, I mean, could be some credence there. Or, indeed, that could be definitely it, like where she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I've fucking seen what this, this shit pays out. Hey, Betty. <laughs> I'll throw you a few bob I know he's over there fucking sucking on your tits give him one of these tablets like when he yeah. has his, his, his headaches uh, yeah, if you're going to get or... him sucking on something get him sucking on some uh, you know yeah. <laughs> but just the thing maybe going back to their fir- their fir- our first little dalliance at the start of this maybe Bruce is like I'm going to get life insurance then I'm going to fucking die I'm going to cash in the life insurance and I'm going off to fucking join Tupac in fucking Cuba yeah I mean, how many people can say that they've cashed in their own life insurance policy? Few, few, I'd say, but... Yeah, I mean, there's also a theory that uh, also what was found in the autopsy was uh, marijuana, and... in his stomach, though. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he did actually, like... uh, So when he first collapsed, uh, which was ruled as cerebral edema, he he did... He was eating hash, and they said to him, like, try and cut it out. Uh, But it didn't kill him. So the second time he's done it, now perhaps, you know, now he's dead. A fear he's going around that that could have possibly been tampered with the uh, the actual, the marijuana. Uh, it was given it was given an extra kick of something, some opiate or some kind of extra, extra sauce inside in the hash to, yeah. to bring him right the way down. Put some like turkey twizzlers in it or like put some <laughs> like uh, casserole drink TX in it, you know. It tastes a bit weird. <laughs> some extra sleepy nighttime bandolin. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, that could totally be possible. That? Yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're fucking with illegal drugs, uh, you don't really know what you're getting. But most of the time, like, you, you know, your body's able for it. I think there was a big push. I, I remember finding out about the marijuana in his stomach. And I think there was a big push to say, uh, don't say a fucking word about anything to do with marijuana in the autopsy or public don't make that public knowledge because we're trying (laughs) it's the 70s bro we're trying to get we're trying to (laughs) come on man we're trying to make marijuana like publicly um publicly accessible and if you said that fucking eating like a tiny chunk of it was able to kill bruce lee like i i've eaten i think like a, a quarter ounce like i've had like seven grams of hash 
mm. in one go. And I was stoned for two days. <laughs> like full stoned, like went to sleep stoned, woke up still stoned. Kind of scary waking up stoned and being stoned for a whole second day. Uh, and you're like, oh my God, is this forever? But seven grams of hash is a, is a lot. But again, it's not a lot. Like it's not going to kill you. Just makes mm. you fucking a bit a bit stoned and quite hungry. So I don't think anyone would, like a little bit of hash in his stomach is not going to kill him. It's not going to do anything that bad to you uh, unless you're after having like two bottles of wine and then you eat it. You're going to get sick, but you're not going to die. I don't think having marijuana in your stomach has has got anything to do with um, his death. And I think the people at the time were saying, "Don't fucking put that out there because it's just going to be another stick to bait the anti-marijuana lobby." Richard Nixon uh, had already kind of started this anti-drug thing. There was also a bunch of people coming back from the Vietnam War. See, this is the thing with those conspiracy guys, man. You got to look at, instead of looking at the fucking specificity of the little tiny thing that happened to Bruce Lee where they found a tiny piece of marijuana in his stomach, there's a massive, like, global, maybe not global, but definitely, like, Western culture impact on that tiny piece of information becoming public. Because it was all of these lads coming back from Vietnam who were all addicted to heroin. They'd all got, like, marijuana, uh, uh, I don't want to say addictions because it's not addictive, but, like, marijuana habits. And they were mm. coming home. They were going away like military men, like uh, scholars and sportsmen and stuff, and coming back and going, Jez, I, I'm going to lean on this fucking weed for a while because uh, I've seen some shit in Vietnam. And Jez, we were small. Put your hand out the window and a fucking joint will fall into your hand naturally. Like, you don't even have to ask for it out there. And they were coming home with, like, serious and not-so-serious drug habits. So, like, to put that out there in American culture at the time would kind of align Bruce Lee with the hippie, uh, 'er ne'er-do-well, Charlie Manson-type, California stoner, Hollywood-type, you know, and ruin his, and marijuana's reputation. So I think there was a lot of... um, consternation around that little, tiny little detail as well or yeah. it could have been like laced with something as well like you said but there's a lot of cut like there was a lot of cultural implication with, with with talking about marijuana as it pertains to bruce lee's death you know yeah definitely uh, a side theory that not many people have picked up on but do you think it was bruce lee who taught sergio ramos the arm-breaking holds he applied on Mohamed Salah in the in the the Champions League final. I mean, do you reckon that could be true? I'm sure Sergio Ramos has watched a few Bruce Lee movies, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, with all of these celebrity boxing matches and fucking, you know, Floyd Mayweather fighting, uh, what's that cunt's name with the fucking handball forehead? Logan Paul. Yeah. Uh, what a cunt. But, like, <laughs> smart dude, but a fucking terrible cunt, you know? Yeah. Like, he is what, he is the mould that other cunts are poured out of, like. Uh, <laughs> the cunt idol, the cunt inspiration. Yeah. He's the, he's the, he's the cunt, cunt prime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ultra cunt. Um, yeah. Uh, age of cult- Contron. Uh, <laughs> I think that, like, with all of these <laughs> celebrity boxing matches, it won't be long before you know you. Is that a cultural influence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing it for his country. Um, <laughs> I think. I think you could have like these beefs playing out with football football players as they, like, you know, they become. They go into their like thir- 35, 36, 37 and start to become less uh, maybe useful on the pitch. They start doing these like celebrity boxing matches, you know, and you have Steven Gerrard doing a Royal Rumble, <laughs> fighting like eight lads, settling well, beefs from like 15 years ago and stuff. But uh, I have right. to say. Gerrard knows how to throw a punch. I mean, oh, DJ's in the thing. <laughs> 100%. Bite your eyebrow off. But. Um, I think, uh, it, you know, I have to say, I, I'd be honest, if there was a football match on in the backyard, I wouldn't look out the window. I don't know a lot about football, but I do know Sergio Ramos, and I do know Mo Salah, and uh, I, I'd like to see the two of them fight um, <laughs> for the crack. So- I wanna, I'd like to see, um, apparently, uh, apparently, uh, what's that little lad from Argentina with the shrone, with the big nose? Big nose? Not Messi. Yeah, yeah Lionel Messi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently he's uh, he's autistic. Did you know that? Not know that no. Had Asperger syndrome, or he's on the spectrum at least, anyway. And um, yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see what he can do. I'd say he's like a fucking. If he was fight, like if we get footballers, as soon as they become 
uh, un unuseful as footballers that we can yeah. like put them into like make them golfers like let's you know let's fucking spread this thing out. But with the with the proliferation of uh, these celebrity boxing matches, I think I'd like to see <laughs> like to see those two lads punch it out. Let's see or MMA the MMA it out like you know. Definitely, yeah. So in summarising, um, Real Madrid should be stripped of their title <laughs> and it should be given to Liverpool. I think that's what you're saying, reading between the lines. <laughs> I, don't so, want, I don't want to incur the wrath of either uh, fan base, to be honest. I know nothing. I know nothing. So, um, so just to end on here, uh, do you think there's any credence in the Bruce Lee family curse? Uh, I know you mentioned on your podcast, Bruce Lee always said, I won't live to be half the age of my father. And he died shortly before he would reach half the age of his father. Uh, of course, his son, Brandon Lee, met a tragic demise very young as well. Um, yeah. Do you think there's any, do you think that could, that could, there could be any credence in that? I mean, Lucas. Everything is easier to put together in hindsight. Do you mm. know? Um, it's a lot easier to to pick apart the woulda, coulda, shouldas. We've done episodes on Elvis. Mm. We've done episodes on Bob Marley, on Bruce Lee, on Kurt Cobain, on Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Amy Winehouse. We've done a massive one on Jim Morrison uh, a lot of these people die in tragic circumstances. Done like Michael Jackson, Princess Diana. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head now, you know. Mm. Um, and nobody, I think, then was looking at like what was happening and going, this is leading to an inexorable uh, and obvious and proven set of circumstances that will inevitably lead to this person's death. But at the time, everybody's like, and then what happened? And then what happened? Yeah. And then, oh, they're dead. Oh shit! You know, like it's a, uh, it's the fucking um, the Hunger Games style society that we live in, where it's like, okay, well, look at these person. This person is showing all the signs of some shit going down. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you could see with the likes of Brian Jones, who was the the original Rolling Stones guy who yeah. died in the fucking swimming pool, possibly of suicide, possibly of murder. Yeah, um, possibly a drug overdose or whatever. Like that situation, along with a bunch of others in those early sixties, people were like, "Oh no, what a tragedy!" And then when it was happening in the seventies, they were all like, "Ah, fucking junkies!" And it was happening in the eighties, it was like, "Say nothing to no one," because they'll fucking wreck the buzz. And it was happening in the nineties, and it's like, "Let's make a movie about it," but wait about four years so it's not as tragic. And then it's happening in the two thousands, and they're like, "Oh my god, do you want to see a picture of their bo- of their fucking dead body on dot <laughs> com?" And then it's happening in, 20, tw- in the 2010s, and they're all like, oh, my God, there's a video of them getting bursted open like a <laughs> balloon full of fucking tomato sauce by a train. Do you want to see that? And yeah. then in 2021, they're all like, come on, guys. Caroline Flack is a real person, okay? Let's co-opt it into supporting whatever calls we're... Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's, come, it's come like some weird kind of full circle. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, the, the, the celebrity part of it and the... I guess the dramatization of these people's deaths. It's a little bit like um, voyeuristic. It's a little bit, you know, you have to make up the story after they die. But we're watching the people do damage to themselves, but they're so entertaining that it's like, yeah, go on then. But like, you know the one that's one too many, okay? But like, fucking love, when, when, you know, when you did that thing. Like, yeah. nobody's telling Tom Cruise, hey, Tom, jumping out of fucking helicopters and jumping across buildings and shit, like, uh, I think at the time of recording, we talked about Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. And he jumped. He, did, he jumped across that building, and 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 he he broke his ankle. Yeah. You ever see that that video? I I've heard. I might have seen the stills, like in the uh, yeah. like you know, reading a newspaper. They're talking about it. There's a little video of him doing his own stunts, and he jumps from one rooftop to another. And there was nets and all that shit, because obviously, you uh-huh. know, um, the, the Scientology angels aren't going to fly down and stop him from hitting the ground, like. Yeah. So he's not a fucking Egypt, but he wants to do it himself for, for the buzz, but also for the authenticity of the film. Yeah. And he jumps from one roof to the other, and you can see his leg folding like a fucking popsicle stick. Yeah. Right? And then he pulls himself up, screams, like, Aah! pulls himself up, and then runs like eight steps into the camera, and then yells, cut, 
and then collapses to the ground and goes, look at my ankle. And it's like a fucking set square bent out to the side, like smashed his ankle. And they had to stop filming for like eight or ten weeks or something like that. Like, he's doing damage to himself. His ankle will never be the same. He's a 50-year-old man. Like, yeah. that's fucking crazy. He's he putting his own uh, future career in jeopardy. He's putting the fucking the jobs of hundreds of people who work on his productions in jeopardy. Well, it looks fucking cool, though, when he jumped over <laughs> the building. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, when we were, when people were watching Bruce Lee at the time going, James, I don't think that's right to be done. I don't think that's right. Everyone watched Amy Winehouse, man. The cons were out on the fucking tops of the dunes in, uh, what's it called, Santa Rita or whatever that, uh, Santa Lina or whatever that island she was on trying to fucking get clean. They were uh. up the dunes with, like, 9,000 millimeter lenses that are the size of fucking tank turrets trying to take pictures of her with her top off. You yeah, know, with her short hair going like Will Will fucking what's her junky boyfriend's name? Will fucking uh, Wallace James or something? Was it James or Blake? Was I think it Blake, it was Blaine, Blaine or Blaine or Blake? Yeah, yeah. Will Blake come back to you know drag Amy back down into the depths of drug abuse? And I'm like, stop taking pictures of her, and she might feel a little bit better. And she, like she doesn't have to take drugs anymore. You fucking vulture parasite bastards. Yeah, and this is also coming from a man who makes a podcast about dead people. So like, <laughs> you know. There's certain flavours to it. Um, I do think that we get what we give. There is a, an element of Hunger Games-ish um, voyeurism. And as long as the people are producing, I think everything's all hunky-dory. But in recent years, and especially with stuff like I know I mentioned earlier on, Bo Burnham's Inside, um, that really affected people. And I would advise your listeners to go and watch it, even if they don't know or like Bo Burnham. Um, just to have a little bit of like musical insight into the mind of someone who went mental and whether it be real or, or acted it's very powerful and it's making people ask questions of themselves and of others I think we're living in a society that's starting to become a little bit more compassionate and that people are kind of worrying about other people's well-being as well or instead of their own but um, I guess to answer your question like Bruce Lee probably couldn't or shouldn't have died but knowing what I know about the people around him and what they've said about him, I don't think anyone could have stopped him doing that to himself anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to try and tell Bruce Lee what to do. He'd yeah. kick me seven ways from Sunday. I mean, do what you want, son. Or he'd just but... be really rude and just ignore you. And a yeah. lot of people do that. And then, like, we're just riding their coattails until they fucking, you know, hit the dirt. Like, look at Chris Benoit. We did an episode about Chris Benoit. Yeah. Like, he was pushed to the limits. Like, he's fucking, same as those American football players. His his skull was like a fucking bowl of cornflakes. And one mm. more smack, and he was like a murderous, you know, crazy person who fucking strangled his kid, killed his wife, and then hung himself one weekend when he was supposed to be on fucking WWE or something like that, you know? Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, my God, what a tragedy. We can't talk about this, but we can, but we can't, but we can't, but we can't. Like, we definitely want to tell everybody about it and get those fucking paper few dollars and get everybody. But we can't actually tell the details of how he hung himself in the strings of his fucking uh, weight machine uh, after mm. strangling his child to death and then fucking bludgeoning his wife to bits. Like, yeah, tell the details, but then don't tell the details. So it's like, you know, it's a weird honor system for this kind of thing. And... um the signs are there for those people, but society keeps on just taking taking us up until there's nothing left. And when the people die, they're like, oh, my God, it's such a tragedy. Let's look at pictures of them on <laughs> Rat.com, you know? Yeah. When so, someone um, like Eminem finally does get himself clean, his music's yeah. not as good. Oh, come on. Can't you just take one pill? Come on. That's the other side of it then as well. Like People yeah. expect stuff from people and... It's very hard to, um, especially if you've created a, such a solid persona and a great product, it's very hard to grow in the public eye. Like, look, Miley Cyrus, like, she mm. came from, like, a lollipop Disney princess to basically, like, sucking lads' dicks on stage, coming out with her tits hanging out with a massive fucking 18-inch dildo with a knife on the end of it, um, and, and and then going back to being clean and, clean and, and wholesome and stuff. Uh, doing like country songs and giving up all of her drugs and all. So it's like a constant reinvention. Um, like Demi Lovato is, is actually going mental in front of our eyes 
uh, going like, you know, I, I, I'm non-binary now because it's really handy for clicks and views. Yeah. Uh, but also I'm blind from heroin overdoses on Joe Rogan and stuff like that. Or even go back to Britney Spears shaving her head uh, and looking absolutely mental and getting her kids taken off her. Now there's a fucking free Britney movement because her dad has her in a psychological con- conservatorship or else she'd fucking do damage to herself. So like, uh, celebrity, while fleeting, very powerful. And also dis- disparate and removed emotionally enough from the public view to be seen as a utility or a product. But in debt, through our guilt, we start to then emote on a person that we thought they were, whether they be that person or not, which gives rise to, you know, guessing motivations of death, of like trying to guess the motivations of somebody's suicide based on your own guilt for enjoying their downfall. That's a fucking crazy recipe, man. That leads to some really bad places, you know. Like, why did Kirk Cobain blow his head off? Was it because I loved him too much? Like, that's a that's a weird thing that a lot of people thought. Like, he said, I don't want you to love me as much. That's why I'm killing myself. And they went, mm. oh, my God, I feel guilty for him dying because I loved him loads. It's like, that, that's the kind of culture that celebrity, um, that celebrity worship fosters. And I think Bruce Lee was probably one of the first types of those. And if he had lived even a little bit more, it would have been an awful lot worse and had a much bigger impact on Western society. Right now, he's kind of still a cult figure. Um, but for the people that are fans of his after his death, when they find out the grim details of his death, are kind of a little bit shocked, I still I still think. Yeah, I certainly was. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, all celebrities, all people, celebrities and non-celebrities out there. Take care of yourselves. And... Yeah, Fucking talk about shit, man. Talk about yeah. shit. Don't eat raw hamburger meat and have <laughs> electrodes stuck to you yeah, exactly. and, and get your sweat glands taken out. It's never a good idea. Uh, Don't yeah. be afraid to sweat, people. Don't be afraid to sweat, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why the phrase no sweat, it's 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 there for a reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, and in summary, uh, Liverpool should have had that Champions League awarded to them, uh, you, you, as you said so yourself. Uh, <laughs> Don't fuck that on me, bro. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much Gorda it's been a pleasure and uh, yeah everyone go check out those conspiracy guys fantastic one of the best podcasts I've ever heard Uh, see you later